And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, we've fucked it. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Gray. Yeah, right, lads? Fed up. Fed up. <laughs> <laughs> We're a cheery bench tonight, aren't we? <laughs> Fallen at the final hurdle. I think we've got about one functioning voice between the three of us currently. Yes, well, could be better. Lots to talk about in this episode. Obviously, it was the Carabao Cup final at Wembley yesterday. The curse of Newcastle United at Wembley continues. I think that's now nine games in a row that we've been down in Wembley and not won a single game, which is great. Love stats like that. But before we get into it, most important question, Gray, what's your favourite dessert? Oh, that's a tricky one. Is it? Sticky toffee pudding. Oh, hello. Secondary question, what are you having with it? Are you going ice cream? Are you going custard? Are you going cream? Custard. Every day of the week. Custard's a good chat. Okay, fair. Good. Hodgy, over to you, pal. Favourite dessert? I like a good banoffee pie. Wasn't that your favourite pie? Yeah. When we did so, say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite pie? <laughs> Someone said banoffee. Is it a pie? Who knows, but I like it. Yeah, I've done that thing again where I've asked the question and not prepared my own answer. <laughs> what do I like? I think, yeah, I'm up there with grey with sticky toffee pudding. Do you like an eaten mess as well? Get all the fruit smashed in there, bit of meringue, get in. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what wasn't sweet as he segues on. Woo. The result yesterday. So obviously, big weekend for us all. It's now come to a head. I think there'll be a lot of sore heads making their way back up to Newcastle today. It's the Monday after, so the day after the result. We obviously lost 2-0 against Man United, fell at the final hurdle. Where do we start? Gray, you were lucky enough to be at the game. What were your thoughts on the match? Well, before the match, I just thought the whole build-up and the atmosphere around London in general was just incredible. It was out of this world. And yeah, heard lots of chat about there being no atmosphere like that ever at Wembley before. So uh, yeah, big up all our fans. We started off really, really well. And yeah, we just seemed to lose a bit of momentum after that first goal. And whether Ten Hag had some tactical genius in him or not, I don't know. But yeah, I think we were just outplayed a little bit, unfortunately. You're right. There were so many positives to take away from the weekend. As you say, I don't think Wembley's ever seen anything like that before. 
what I loved was when they were panning from the Newcastle fans with all the flags, the black and white stripes, and then panning across the Man United, <laughs> the Man United <laughs> end, and it just went completely flat as a pancake. Yeah, lots going on behind the scenes. Ten Hag trying to play his mind games, as you say. What did he say? He called us annoying, and he highlighted the amount of time. Obviously, we have the ball in play, trying to get the refs on side before the game's <laughs> even started. But you're right. Ultimately, they were far more clinical than we were, and that's what kind of saw them through. Hodge disappointed, or is it similar to kind of Liverpool result where there are lots of positive to take away from the game, but ultimately, as a matter because we fucking lost. <laughs> It's a little bit disappointing, I'd say, like all the kind of hype and the build up. And I, I know the lads tried to play it to their best ability, but there was a couple of people that I think lacked on the pitch on the day, which, like having a semi major final for the first time for the club in so long. And the group of lads obviously were just desperate for it to make it work. So I think some nerves maybe is kind of pushed out on the pitch. I think our passing was a little bit worse for where Dan Burma was just getting turned inside out by Anthony, left, right, and centre there. Yeah, there was a couple of other bits, I'm sure we'll get onto it. But yeah, overall, I think a little bit disappointed and gutted, really. Mm. It's a hard one to take because in all, we did play all right, but it was just a clinical like thing that you said before. Like We had 15 shots and had two on target. They had 14 shots, but 10 on target. Yeah, yeah just uh, yeah, frustrating. And I think it's been coming and it's been the same problem that's been highlighted over the last seven or eight games where we've not been able to put games to bed. We've dominated possession. We've sprayed it around well. But up front, we're just missing something at the minute. But Wilson, was it 1-12? in 12? I think so. Yeah. Ever since he's come back from the World Cup, he seems to have just lost his touch a little bit. But I feel he feels very isolated up there. Yeah. And I think people like Lissandro Martinez had a very good game yesterday, which is really frustrating because he's an absolute dickhead. But uh, you've got to give him his credit. <laughs> God, fuck. But if you take a step back, ultimately massively disappointing. And as I say, we've fallen at the final hurdle, but the progress we've shown over the last 18 months has been phenomenal, and this kind of epitomizes that. Can you have imagined this time two years ago being in a cup final? No, don't think anyone could. Steve Bruce, just after Steve McLaren, who ironically was on the bench as one of Ten Hag's coaches, I think. We've got to take a lot of positives away from this, and Hodgie, you were saying quite a lot this weekend, we're massively ahead of the plan whatever it was, the three, four, five-year plan, we're hugely ahead of that. So ultimately, we have to be very proud of the boys. And I think you're right, the occasion did get to a few of them. But was it just a case of the better team won? Yeah, 100%, I think. And they just peppered our goal. I think that was their game plan going in. I think with having Carrius, who had a good game, I thought he made some top saves. And yeah, he seemed to pick the ball up pretty well and distributed it pretty quickly, apart from with his feet. But that's another story. You can see they just had that little bit more class than what we had a little bit. Surprisingly, they seemed to have more legs than us as well. Mm. Fred and Fernandez basically just marked Bruno out the game. First half, I thought Fred did a pretty good job on him and Fernandez picked that up in the second half. Casemiro as well. Yeah, just showed his class and showed why they spent all that money. Yeah, obviously, I think we'll touch on his goal shortly, but... There's no way he should be winning a header against our team, let's be real. Yeah, I think it's disappointing, but you're completely right. We need to look at all the positives we can take. Like Hodge said, we're ahead of plan. Who would have expected us to be in a final and not only be in a final, but actually compete? Yeah. Yes, we may not have looked like scoring, but we had a vast majority of possession. We created enough chances. We just didn't quite hit the target, unfortunately. And 
that'll come. It'll be a great experience for the lads. And like they've all been saying, we'll be even more hungry next time we're there to get that win. So yeah, lots of lessons learned and roll on the next few years because it's just going to be a hell of a ride. Too right. I have to apologise for my energy as well. This weekend has absolutely fucked me over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't change anything for the world, like, and I'll look back on this, you know, we'll all look back on this weekend for a very long time, but yeah, it's fucking done me in. One thing you picked up there, Greg, Carius, obviously, so much hype coming into the game. This was his debut for Newcastle United. What a stage to, to make your debut. I think the press around him has been disgusting, though, like trying to pin the blame on that second goal for him. And lots of people saying, well, Nick Pope would have saved it. He was fine. He came into it like he'd never been away from the football pitch. Picked it up, looked completely natural, completely comfortable. The occasion didn't get to him at all. And as you say, when he was called on, he did his job. Not much he could do about that first goal. And the second goal, massively deflected. He'd struggle to find a goalkeeper who would save that. But yeah, really, really proud of Carrius. Didn't let the noise get to him. Didn't let the pressure of the Man United players get to him, like when they were trying to just bully him at, at corners. I think he would prove to be a very, very competent and able number two for us. I know it's one game you don't want to get carried away, but oh, carried, carrius away. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Grow up. Um, I'd quite like to see him stay on just as our number two and get Martin Dubravka out now with his winner's medal. <laughs> Yeah, that's an awkward one. Do you think he was wearing his medal on the way back <laughs> on, the, on the bus back with all the players? <laughs> Get absolutely chinned by people like Dan Byrne, I reckon, or, or Mad Dog Tyndall. Uh, <laughs> Coming on to it though, Hodge, I'll come to you. Do you want to just talk us through the first goal? Because I think there was a bit of controversy surrounding it. Yeah, so ball gets cleared down the left, kind of a bit over the top, so Rashford runs onto it. He gets closed down by first... Trippier, who was just trying to stop him where he was, wasn't trying to like force a tackle into him, he was just trying to hold him up. Yeah. Bruno comes in from a side towards the back kind of angle and it kind of throws himself a little bit, Rashford. He's felt contact and thought, I'm going to try and win something here and, and kind of goes down very easily. The referee buys it and the free kick or set piece from Shaw, I think it is, who puts it in is Belter. Really good. The window that he's put it in there for Casemiro to win that header is, is fantastic. Late call for offside. I think Callum Wilson's big toe was keeping him onside, which is unfortunate. Obviously, that's VARs in there to check these sorts of things, and it goes your way sometimes. It doesn't other ways. So, a bit annoying to see that one go in, but you just knew there was a goal coming there. Yeah, you could just feel that that was that. Called it straight away. When you get mm. those annoying decisions that goes like that's never a foul. You know you're going to get punished, and you yeah. know you're going to get punished by clinical teams. It's always the case, and always has been the case. What was most annoying is we were sat next to a fucking Manchester United fan in the pub, weren't we, Hodge? He was just, he was more interested in looking at the Newcastle fans' reaction than he was to actually watching the game. Summed him up at the end when he was fucking, what was he? He was filming the television when the whistle was about to go. Like, oh, mate, grow up. He kept like turning around to look at the TV that was above us because we were like looking down the pub and he was turning around to look kind of back at just like with his chest out with his Manchester shirt. And I was like, oh, my word, mate. They could have brayed him. (laughs) I said to you, I was like, I wish I could have grabbed his phone and smashed it on the table, but I can't do that. (laughs) What a fanny. I mean, we could spend a whole podcast talking about how embarrassing Man United fans are. Late call, it seemed, at the end to provide them all with free scarves. And then you've got the magnificent, like, war flags flag display that just blew them out of the water. But, you know, the whole weekend, I didn't see a single Man United shirt apart from on the day. 
Mm. And that was the Daphne that was sat next to us. Like, really poor representation from them, Gray. I mean, don't want to, again, spend too much talking about Man United fans, but our fan base just completely blew them out of the water, didn't they? It's just incredible to see everywhere in London. Like I got down there on the Friday night and there's already people walking around in their black and white shirts and just all up for a good time. Saturday rolled around and just, yeah, tens of thousands of fans just seemed to descend and just... Something like 100,000 Newcastle fans, wasn't there? Mm. I would love to know the total figure because I reckon like it more. would be, yeah, over that. Because everywhere you looked was black and white. Every tube stop, every pub, just everyone just out having a laugh, having a great time chanting every song under the earth i've never heard we've got bruno in the middle so many times <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was always like it was on repeat yeah you said you were sick of that at one point i think how do you want it to chin you <laughs> <laughs> i think when i heard it for the hundredth time in half an hour i was just like yeah it's uh it's it's started to grind a little bit but no it's uh it was class and yeah just best support in the world it's got to be very proud of the fan base like well behaved i didn't see any trouble clearing up after ourselves exactly yeah, up, yeah. clearing up trafalgar square one thing the fucking Mackhams didn't do a couple of fans made it into the fountain but we can probably allow that for the hundred thousand or whatever that were in london there's always going to be a couple but uh lots of reasons to be proud the more i think about it, the more i reflect over the weekend as well like people like darren eels at the green man pub starting all those chants speaking to the fans you know you've got Murdad and jamie rubin at trafalgar square undercover like such a good weekend and so many reasons to be really proud of the club. Just a shame that the result didn't go away and double shame that fucking had to lose to Man United. Gray, to circle back, the goal was really frustrating, wasn't it? But the second goal, there was the whole Willie, won't he, Marcus Rashford, mind games before the, the match started. Obviously, he was going to start. I mean, it was the most stupid mind game ever which everyone will have seen through, but he's obviously very important and very involved in the second goal. Do you want to talk us through that one? Well, clearly very important in the first goal as well to, to buy that free kick. But to be fair, something my dad pointed out is you never ever used to see Man United hit the ball long over the top of a defence like they did on Sunday for Rashford to run onto. And they did that a few times. Got caught out against Liverpool with that ball over the top as well, didn't we? We did, yeah. So they must have been picking up on that yeah, I mean, Rashford's obviously picked the ball up well. And when he's in that position, nine times out of 10, he's going to score, isn't he? When he's six yards out of goal. Botman did well to get a foot to it. And unfortunately, yeah, it's just one of those things where Carrius has started to go down. And yeah, it's almost like bounced over him. He, he did well, I thought, to get a hand to it. It was just a shame yeah. it wasn't quite enough to tip it onto a bar. It's, again, just one of those things, just a matter of inches. Had Botman's foot been a little bit higher, who knows, he, he could have made that block. Yeah. Had it been a couple of inches lower, then he's not made contact with it and Karius may well have made the save, we don't know. Mm. We just seem to have been beaten on literally the finest of margins. Callum Wilson's big toe you mentioned and that yeah. deflection, it's just, it is a bit of a pill to swallow, it really is. But I'm still super proud that we got there and just the whole experience of it. Rashid played his part and he was always going to his new player in his form at the minute is he's, he's up there for the best in the world I think indeed it was a tale of two forms wasn't it you've got Man United who are in absolutely cracking form and you've got us who are on the other end of that who can't buy a flipping goal at the minute which is really frustrating also the people criticizing Carriers for going down early need to give their fucking heads a wobble like nothing he could have done about that I'm on my soapbox about Carriers flack he's got from some of the fans and people like Jamie Carragher and I think maybe Gary Neville as well not good not good at all 
Anyway, maybe the last of the negatives before we try and extract some positives. Hodge, obviously we've touched on it before, but it seems to be a real problem scoring goals up front. Really, really struggling for goals. Bit of a drought from Callum Wilson. Obviously, Isaac comes on in the second half. They take Sean Longstaff off, I think, put Isaac on. I think that was a change at half time. Yeah, it was. Doesn't completely change the game because we didn't get any goals, but it changed our, our outlook, I would say. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Do you think Wilson needs to be dropped against Man City or would you stick with it in the hope that he pulls his finger out a little bit? It's a tricky one. It's a game that earlier in the season we probably would have welcomed and been like, oh yeah, like we could give him a real good go here. But I think now in terms of our run of form, to get a point would be very good. So there's going to be some sort of tactical shift up. I don't know whether... Dropping Wilson or starting Isaac instead is the winning formula or the, the thing that's going to change our fortune. But what Isaac did when he came on, his ball carrying was fantastic. His uh, passing was great. He was always looking to kind of go forward and take the game to Manchester United, which I like to see. So maybe is it something that we need to do and come out the gates firing against Man City, maybe start him and then have Wilson on as a bit of a backup later on when they kind of got some tired legs. So. I think for me, yeah, I'd say start Isaac. I think so. We've got nothing to lose. And as we say, he's looked really bright when he has come on. Another kind of highlight or bright performer was ASM. Hodge, you and I were talking about this before the game. Seems to be a bit of a big game player and really pulls out a good performance when it's against the big teams on the big stage. Yep. As you called it, when he knows he's being watched. Lots of positives to take from his performance as well, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Again, like his dribbling and stuff was was great. Like his, his passing was was quite lack. I think though, there was one thing that really excited me and Ali, which was when he had that jink in, jink out against Dallow in the box and just sent him absolutely flying. Like oh, I turned him. I think he broke his ankles at that point. Sent him for a hot dog, didn't he? Yeah. Which was fantastic, <laughs> and unfortunately had one or two shots early on that didn't quite work out. There's a great save by De Gea as well. So just unfortunately, I think yeah, was one of the better players on the on the day as well the game previous as well Monsieur Gray begs uh, to differ though okay go for it he started off really well in the 20 minutes or so before they scored their goal and like you say drew that save out of De Gea but I feel he lacked a little bit of something like you say his end product wasn't great and for me most of that actually wasn't probably his fault he tried his best and he was good at running at players he turned Dallow inside out a couple of times got him booked oh he was taken off at half time wasn't he Dallow yeah, as he well was, they yeah. brought on Juan Bissaka who pretty much nullified ASM in the second half yeah I was just a bit disappointed to see us not attack Dallow more when he was on that yellow card mm. and 
ASM on his day can beat anyone. And yeah, we'll draw the foul. Well, he's the most fouled player at one point a couple of seasons ago, wasn't he, under Bruce? Yeah. But I felt really sorry for ASM because he had to cut inside and he tried to fire that ball across the top of a box so many times, which then just got cut out fairly easily. Yeah. And I was just crying out for Dan Byrne to overlap. And I think if he had done that, honestly, we could have been a different team. And I think that impacted ASM's performance significantly. I think we touched on it last time, though, having someone who gives that overlap option draws players. Yeah. I think like we all agree that left back is number one priority pretty much at this point. Obviously, alongside maybe as a striker, but say like top two, top three signings. But I don't think that's necessarily ASM's problem. It's obviously a left back problem there. Gray, would you prefer to see Target start in the next game? Yes, and another option which I've floated... Don't was, say Paul Dummett. <laughs> no, was to potentially play either Mankia at left-back or play Trippier at left-back, who has played at left-back quite a lot recently. He's played... For England, yeah. I think he played a few games at left-back for Atletico as well. So, yeah, it's an option. and I, I would love us just to explore something different. As solid as Dan Byrne has been, I think teams are finding us out a little bit down that left-hand side. I agree. And I just love us just to mix something up a little bit and just to think outside the box. Whether it's thinking outside the box, if we've come up with it, I don't know, but I'm sure Eddie Howe and Tyndall must be able to see something. Or there's a clear and obvious reason why they're continuing to pick Dan Byrne. I don't know. I don't think it's as, as difficult as that. Just play Matt Target, who is a attack-minded, traditional left-back with a really good delivery as well on his left peg. I think it's honestly as simple as that. Is he fit? Last couple of games, he's come back and he was on the bench uh, against Man United. Give him a start. There's like nothing to lose. And as you say, that left-hand side were, were being found out a number of times. Hodge, you had your hand up, but you put it down. Yeah, no, it was just, um, I think, on that point of Trippier playing left-back, I think, yeah, it's a good option. But at the same time, I don't see Mankio helping out Almiron as much. I think they've got quite a good little thing going on there. Yeah, you don't want to break that partnership, do you? Yeah, so I mean, happy to put Mankio on left back duties. Or you could could look at using Target. It's just Target has got zero game time. He's probably been playing some reserve games, maybe. I don't know the he has, kind of backstory yeah. for that. He has, right? Okay, so at least he's been exposed to ball at feet in a competitive environment, then, so that's not too bad. He's just a solid left man. Like, oh, yeah. He's, he's yeah, played yeah. well whenever he's played for us. Like, mm. his steady performances. I can't remember having a bad game in a toon shirt but also when you move Trippier across who's going to come in for right back Mankio or Murphy seems to be one of Howe's favourite tactics is I read a stat today bringing Murphy on with 25 minutes to go he's done that 22 times this season <laughs> which is kind of mad <laughs> I think Murphy's actually been quite solid when he's come on he nearly scored an absolute screamer towards the end mm. of the game just that curve sent at the other side of the post that was really close but he does look bright and he's much improved this season to what he was last season, what he was under Bruce as well. But we need more depth. Other highlights, other strong performances, I thought Joe Linton, yet again, as that number six, or as that kind of box-to-box ball-winning midfielder, was really good on the day. He really didn't put a foot wrong. Gray, were there any other kind of highlights or, or standout performance for you? Obviously, Bruno was back, important game. How do you think he got on? Yeah, Bruno, I think he uh, he started off well, but... Clearly must have suffered a little bit with the lights or whether it's just the, the hype of the atmosphere getting to him in the first half and he seemed to go down. Did he not get a bang on the head? He might have done. I don't know. I didn't really see. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I thought he did well. He didn't quite have that flowing dominance he sometimes has. I think he struggled for that a little bit, but then he has missed a few games. But he still showed his class and he just looks so effortless on the ball. He turns 
always in that attacking way. He just seems to drift past players, finds those little passes. So it's so hard to get off the ball as well, isn't he? He's just he's strong as well, isn't he? It's so simple. He just turns his back, and like it's so difficult to get the ball off someone when they turn their back to you. Like and then off he goes. It's football intelligence. Mm. Yes, such a good football and brain he's got, but obviously good to have him back. Wasn't the ideal situation after three games, but he's back now. And I think him, Joe Linton, and I don't know who goes, who starts in that third place. Obviously, Sean Longstaff was sacrificed at halftime in the final. Joe Willett came on, looked fairly bright, but no end product. That third centre midfield spot's kind of still up for grabs, isn't it, Gray? Yeah, I think so. I think... Longstaff's put an incredible shift in and deserves a lot of credit. And I think he was sacrificed at halftime because we had to go for it. We had to bring Isak on or another yeah. another attacking player to to actually take the game to Man United. Do we move to a four four two? Or I, I, I couldn't even tell what Pretty formation much, yeah. we moved to. Yeah, Pretty it's much. almost like, like a four two four with having like two two wingers as well. Hmm. I thought Longstaff was doing all right. I think he he was obviously covering the ground, making some good tackles, but. We need some additional strength, I think, in that midfield. And I'd love us to go out there and sign a proper dominant centre-defensive midfielder who can just sweep up in front of that back four and almost give Bruno that little bit of freedom to not have to go running back to make those mm. tackles while he was sent off against Southampton and picked up a couple of yellow cards and things and give him that freedom in that little bit more of an attacking space. I'd love to see that. I'm not going to say any names <laughs> because I might get laughed at, but I think that could be a, a really key area for us in the summer to take us to that next level. Mohamed Diame? <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. Bring him back. <laughs> I'm just scrolling Twitter as we're recording here, just because obviously there's still so much coming through. It could just be Twitter bullshit, but apparently Eddie Howe was, you know, when they've got to walk past the trophy and do all that medal ceremony stuff, apparently he said sorry to the owners. It's like, oh, fucking hell, just absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Feels so bad for him. Stavely was giving all the players hugs and like trying yeah. to cheer them up and stuff. Like she had a big smile on her face. I mean, I, th- I think they can be really happy with what's happened so far this season. There's visible progress. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not just oh, have they done all right? Like we are ahead. There is way more to come. Punching well above our weight. Yeah, hundred percent. Cup final and fifth place at the minute. Obviously, could have done with Tottenham losing over the weekend, but then they beat Chelsea two 0 so that's us in fifth now. Cup competition out the way. No more extracurricular activity. I mean, Hodge, all focus is on the league now, right? Do we think um, we've got it in us with the remaining games this season to maintain a European spot or is form against us? How are you feeling about the form that we go into these remaining games with? Form's an absolute killer. If we can switch this around, what we've got next? Man City, good luck is all I'm going to say because they've they've got a bit between their teeth now like they're just like right no second chances allowing for Arsenal they have to pretty much dominate from now so it's going to be a hard one there then we've got Wolves which I can see you turn around and beating them then Forest and then Man United again I think retribution time everyone go for it they'll have a good run into it but we've got quite a few games coming up so we're going to have to do some sort of rotation man like there's there's going to have to be a little bit of a shake up We've got three games in six days, I think. I'm just looking at the schedule yeah, I here. Think it is, yeah. It's jokes. Form is a, when it's with you, like, you can pretty much do no wrong. You'll have the rub of the green. You'll get some decisions that go your way or the ball will bounce the right way. Whereas at the minute, we're hoping for something to happen like that. Whereas I think earlier in the season, we were a bit more in control. We were getting goals. We just need somebody to actually put the ball in the back of the fucking net now. Indeed. <sighs> I don't know. I'm nervous. And I think the Man City game, as you say, is coming at the worst time. That'll be potentially three consecutive defeats on the bounce. Spirits will be low. Hopefully Eddie can turn it around. Switch some players in, switch some players out. 
like to see Gordon given a start at some point. That gives us a bit of kind of fresh impetus, someone really looking to make a name for themselves. Yeah, difficult one. Positives as well. Gray, what would you say was your highlight from the weekend? One thing. One thing. Can I say the entire weekend? <laughs> uh, porridge. <laughs> <laughs> no one will get that joke. That yeah, no released. one will <laughs> no a porridge joke. Anyway, yes, Gray, one thing. And you can't one say thing. the entire weekend. Hodge, you always get an advantage with this because you will get some time to think about it. <laughs> I mean, I am just going to be super broad and it, it's just the entire experience of our fans in London was just phenomenal and the excitement, everyone was there for a good time. I already touched upon this, but just to be there and live it was it's an unreal experience. I don't know how else to describe it. I just, I, I would go back to the Friday night all over again even with the result of the match and just relive it because it was just a, a hell of a weekend and just made me so, so proud of our football club. It's great. All it needed was the fucking result. That would have been the absolute icing on the biggest cake Newcastle United have ever had. Hodgy, what would you say your highlight was? Uh, duck fries on Maltby Street Magnet. No, I'm joking. Ah, oh, good like, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> that joy of Trafalgar Square because when we were kind of walking up, we could hear people singing and the buzz and... That was about half a mile away. And then as we got closer, everyone must have started walking faster and faster. Yeah, and there was yeah. a little bit of a jog over the road and we were just like, holy shit. Like that was for me was was magic. It was like the first time that you walk up the steps and come out in St. James's Park as a kid, that was pretty much recreated there as getting up to the top of the stairs at the back end of that Trafalgar Square, turning back and being like, holy fuck, that was class. Best fan base in the world, man. Honestly, I mean, the copious amount of baby Guinness we had, that's got to be a <laughs> highlight being drunk for the large majority of the weekend just seeing eddie walk the players out at wembley is just such a special thing and hopefully again more of many to come and hopefully we can maybe break the wembley curse i mean we're not making a very good showing of ourselves in wembley but the thing is there was so much hype going into it and all the hype was real you know when you can have all the hype in it and just go absolutely flat like mm. we lived up to it all and did more uh, it, was, it was fantastic really fantastic weekend I think we'll be back sooner than we think. Well, hopefully, yes, we'll be back next year. FA Cup final, League Cup final. God knows. Hopefully we'll be in some European competition next year as well. But all eyes on the league now. Let's try and see at home. Let's try and bag ourselves a European place. Whatever the outcome of this season, it's been a massive success. And the ride has been amazing. Fingers crossed for the rest of the season now. And we can turn things around a little bit. That would be great. That's all we ask for. (laughs) I forgot to do it at the beginning, Hodge. I'm sorry socials right you can find us on all major podcasting platforms so spotify apple podcast google podcast stitcher apparently whatever the hell that is (laughs) we would really appreciate it if you could give us a follow and a five-star review that would be much obliged like you can find us on twitter at tott podcast on instagram at tott underscore podcast and on facebook and youtube by searching for talk of the tune podcast really just need to pre-record that segment and just drop it in be so much easier (laughs) mad anyway that just about wraps us up uh our post cup final recording again apologies for the low energy it's a mixture of exhaustion and hangover but we'll be back soon that just about does it however lads thanks very much for listening and we will see you in the next one bye It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, 
snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.